Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Moving Up the Ladder, where we look to give you some knowledge and insight into the potential success of your career or business, no matter what your role is in the employment realm. With LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard the term collaboration uttered rather freely with any discussion of the workplace or projects, as yes, most of us do work jointly with others in one way or another. However, the effectiveness of any group can be affected by a myriad of factors. Merrick Rosenberg is the President and Chief Learning Officer for Team Builders Plus, an organization focused on improving the teamwork among individuals and team building as a whole. Merrick, thanks uh, so much for coming on today. Oh, thanks for having me. Before we get into the, the subject specifically, why don't you just take a moment to describe a little bit what Team Builders Plus provides as well as your experience in the area? Sure. Uh, well, Team Builders Plus is obviously, as the name would suggest, is a team building company. So that means that we work with organizations and we do everything from teaching them the skill set around being an effective team to just the fun team building events that are, there's no expectation of significant learning beyond just having a fun bonding shared experience as a group. I started the company with Jeff Bacall back in 1991. And since then we've really grown and evolved from the the standard outdoor fun, low ropes and high ropes team building <laughs> programs as they were called back then. And uh, over the years we've worked with uh, about two thirds of the Fortune 100 companies. So we really have a, a, an interesting mix of, of clients as we, we work with them to, to do team building programs. Great. And you know, obviously in that sort of experience and, and the different uh, you know, diverse places you've worked with will obviously help in, in sort of figuring all this out together and giving people an idea of what you do and, and how it fits in for really everyone. When we look at this idea of teamwork, collaboration, that sort of thing, what is it in the workplace really as to why it's used so heavily now and really why it's valued so much? Well, it's interesting. As you look at in work environments, especially as the economy is, is turning around again, it's starting to come back, what you're finding is that a lot of companies did not invest a lot of money in their culture, and they didn't put a lot of time and energy into paying attention to morale and satisfaction hmm. and, and engagement. They were trying to survive. And now what's happening is we're starting to see that companies are realizing, hey, we, we really were focusing on, on surviving as opposed to thriving, and we really have to pay attention to the environment and creating a positive work environment and uh, engaging our people, creating a place where people want to be. Uh, now that things are turning around, people have a choice. They don't have feel stuck and have to stay where they are. And so mm -hmm. companies that are investing in their culture are finding that they're retaining their people. So when we look at this idea of, you know, like I said, team building, teamwork, that sort of thing, how do you show or define its translation into actual success in, in the world of business? Because I think sometimes people have a hard time connecting the two. So how do, how do you show that? On one end of the continuum, you have groups that really are just looking for a fun, bonding, shared experience. Uh, and really, in terms of success, you're looking at a fun day. Mm -hmm. uh, for groups that are saying, we have issues, we have trust issues, communication is broken down, there's high stress, low morale. When you have groups like that, then you actually quantify it. And we'll go in, we'll do a team survey, we'll evaluate how they're performing on a variety of criteria of teamwork and communication and trust. And, and then we're able to actually measure where they're at at that time period. And we can even come back six months later and show them a gap analysis and say, look, uh, time period A, you, you scored a 2.3 on trust is a high, at a high level within the team. Now you're at a six or a seven. And you know the goal, of course, is to move them to a 10, but there's no such thing as the perfect 10, 10, 10 team. The goal is to keep moving them on that continuum towards being more effective. Sure. 
Now, either when you started this or uh, as you've sort of developed, I mean, is there a particular philosophy that your organization lives by or follows as far as determining you know, either what works or what is successful when you're talking about this team building concept? Well, the, we have two core beliefs that everything we do should fit those two two core philosophies. Mm-hmm. And one is that everything we do should be engaging. It should be fun. They should be laughing. They should be enjoying their experience. And number two, it should change future behavior. So if you've ever been to a training program and you said, oh, that was so fun, but you didn't learn anything, you probably don't want to go and do that again. And on the other hand of that, uh, of that situation, you might say, yes, we really learned a lot, but boy, it was torturous. It was death by PowerPoint. <laughs> we just sat and listened all day. Mm-hmm. That's also not good. So if you can marry the two of those together, that it's a fun, exciting experience where perhaps you even just laugh your way through the day, but you really do learn a lot, that's something that people are going to look at and say, we got something that day. We're going to want to even do more of that. It's funny you bring up the uh, that term death by PowerPoint. I was just reading a, a number of articles pertaining to that exact thing. So if we sort of generalize it a little bit in terms of what you're looking for in, in bringing a team together or what would make a successful group, are there particular traits or, or characteristics that are desirable that you're either looking to, with what you guys do, maybe you're looking to bring that out in a group or you know maybe reinforce those things? What are those traits or characteristics that are, are really desirable? Yeah, you know, when we do team surveys, it's interesting. It's like, I feel like I could turn to a group and say, look, I can save you the time. You probably don't even need to do the team survey. Communication, trust, and conflict, and perhaps clearly defined roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. are probably going to be the top four. Uh, overwhelmingly, when we work with a group, we're talking about how they communicate. And it's not just the, the quantity of communication, but it's the respect and the quality and how they come across to each other. It's the trust and the reliability and how they treat each other and can they rely on each other. Uh, it's how they handle conflict. No, it, conflict isn't a bad thing. Uh, there's a great expression that a team without uh, conflict is a team without creativity. So it's not that groups are having conflict. It's the question of how they're managing it. Is it constructive or destructive? Mm-hmm. Uh, and are roles and responsibilities clearly defined? Uh, if there's if they're not, then there's typically gaps or overlaps. If there's gaps in roles and responsibilities in terms of clear definition, then there's chaos. If there's overlap, you tend to have conflict. So those four issues tend to we tend to see a lot. So the people that come to you, the organizations, what is the split maybe of ones that are just coming to you to have this sort of fun experience and, and boost morale, that kind of thing, versus ones that maybe do have those issues that they're trying to work through or find a way to improve upon their skills? I mean, do you guys keep track of that sort of thing or do you have a, a gauge of, of what the split would be there? It is more heavily weighted on the groups that want to have a fun bonding shared experience. Okay. Uh, but we have what we I'll tell you what we have is we have a continuum and this helps us in terms of working with our clients. Mm-hmm. We define te- team building on a scale of 1 to 10. So in that 1 to 3 range is just for fun. It's a treasure hunt. It's building cakes. It's building <laughs> bikes for kids. Uh, the goal is a shared experience. In the 4 to 6 range, it's fun but there is learning. So we're going to do activities, but we're going to debrief them and relate them back to the workplace. And in the seven to 10 range is, okay, this group's got some issues. They've got some challenges and we need to help them work through those and walk out of there with an action plan. Now in the past year or so, we've definitely been more heavily weighted on 
fund team building programs. If you would have asked me that question about two years ago, it was more heavily weighted on groups that said, we've got some challenges and we've got to work through them. And Mm -hmm. we were more on the seven to 10 continuum, but now it's more swinging back towards the lighter fund programs. Do you think that's just a change in culture, philosophy, ideas? What do you attribute that to? One, I attribute it to the economy. I think people are saying we have money to invest in our people and just have fun experiences again. Mm -hmm. Uh, And two, I attribute it to the millennial generation. There's this new generation coming into the workforce. Uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics says by the year 2014, they'll represent half of the workplace. And this generation wants a fun, positive, supportive, engaging work environment. Mm -hmm. And companies are realizing that if we want to retain these people, then we have to invest in our culture. And I think companies are more and more shifting towards doing just that, investing and paying attention to the environment and creating a great place to work, or else they're going to lose that generation. Sure. If we take a look back a little bit to the the idea of maybe there are some issues um, going on, some sort of conflict or, or things just aren't working out. If you were speaking to an employer or a manager to try to maybe recognize these things before they happen, before they get out of control, so to speak. Are there certain things you would you would point to or have them pay attention to in terms of any issues or things that might arise amongst the group? Yeah, I think there's a couple core issues that we tend to see over and over again. Uh, an example would be we do a lot of team surveys with companies. And the single lowest rated item, meaning that on a scale of one to 10, if you hit, if you give this item a 10, you strongly agree, it's great. If you give it a one or a two, not so good. Mm-hmm. The single lowest rated item, people speak only in positive terms about those who are not present. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you're there, everything's great. You're not there, <laughs> you get thrown under the bus. I mean, we even have a phrase for it, getting thrown under the bus, because right, it right. it's so prevalent, it happens so often. I, I think that's one of the first things that I look at in a group is, is how do they treat each other? How do they speak about each other? Uh, the other question I often work with groups and you see, you really can see whether the group is going to be aligned or not aligned uh, is by asking them to write down what is the purpose for their group? Why do they exist? What is their mission? Because right from the beginning, if they don't all seem aligned in terms of what they're trying to achieve, Mm -hmm. everything you do from that point on, you tend to get a lot more conflict and mistrust. Well, let's jump a little bit into some of the styles of programs that, that you guys sort of, you know, give and you have as a service. Um, For example, you have things such as listed as fun events, and then you have uh, philanthropic events. And, you know, they each kind of have their own aspects. Why do you have these different styles out there? And instead of maybe focusing on one particular plan that might work, you sort of branch out a little bit. What's the philosophy there? Yeah, we really have the whole range. Sometimes you have a group that is a small group, and there's, there's eight people, and they want something that's more serious. And sometimes you have a group that's 300 or 500 people. Mm. Uh, sometimes you have a program that they want something indoors, and it's not very physical. And then other times they want programs that are outdoors, and they've traveled to a city, and they've never been there before, and that's where their conference is, and they want to get out and do a treasure hunt. So it really depends upon the group size. It depends upon how active they want to be. Uh, it depends upon if they want learning or if they want fun. And there's also the philanthropic element where they can really give back to the community at the same time. So once we, we start asking a series of questions, we, start, we narrow down very quickly to usually here's the one or two activities that, that really fit your needs, what you'd mm-hmm. like to get out of the day. Are there any specific factors or assessments uh, that maybe you lean toward to say, okay, this is why I will fit you into this one or two activities, or even if it's maybe something by industry? I mean, have you found any patterns that seem to 
to fit into a category or into one of these activities? Uh, you know, not really by industry. We've worked with just about every industry you can imagine, and and it's really the group itself. Uh, if you have a group that says we want something a little more physical and outdoors, and we just want fun, well, you're probably leaning towards a treasure hunt. If you say we've got 200 people and we obviously aren't going to go out, it's the middle of winter, and we're we want to, we're going to be in a big conference room, then we have activities that are incredibly interactive, hmm. uh, but. They, you can, and you can facilitate it with one or two facilitators, uh, and yet there's still going to be some a great fun as well as a lot of learning. So it, once we ask just a series of questions about how interactive, how, how physical you want to be, uh, we don't really do that much that's very physical. Our most physical is uh, get outside, do treasure hunts. Some of our team activities maybe are a little more interactive, but, but they're not uh, climbing trees like the old days. <laughs> You mentioned the treasure hunts, and that was one that stood out to me, as well as the the philanthropic one. So if we took a look at those, do you have specific goals and purposes uh, with, let's take the philanthropic one, for example, and is there something specific that you're looking to accomplish with that in general? You know, when we, when we get hired to do a program like our Wheels for the World program, uh, typically they have two core goals. One is they want to have a fun shared experience, and the second goal is that they want to give back to the community. So the way an activity like that works, so you can see how that actually plays out, is they're building bikes for children. But they anybody could build a bike. It really doesn't take that much time. Uh, it probably takes about 10, 15 minutes to build the bikes. Mm. The key, however, is that they have to earn the bicycle parts doing <laughs> fun team-building events. Okay. So you have to earn the handlebars. You've got to earn the wheels. You've got to earn the pedals and so on. So throughout the session, they're doing fun activities, earning all the bike parts. They're told in the beginning of the program, we'll donate the bikes to kids. Mm. But what they don't know is that at the end of the session, one of our facilitators will stand in front of the room and they'll say, let's not lose sight of what you did here together. You had some fun, we had a good day, but you also built bikes for kids. And a lot of times these are kids who really could use bikes. And uh, sometimes they've said things to us like, I've never had anything new or everything I've ever had uh, has been passed down to me. Uh, and so it's, it, it's that moment when we say to them, I just want you to picture the look on those kids' faces when they come into the, or when they get these bikes and how happy you will make them. And then we'll say, but what if you didn't have to imagine the looks on their faces? And we gesture towards the door, the doors swing open, in come 40 children oh, wow. running and, and laughing. And, and it's a moment. That's and, cool. and so, yeah. And so you really, it, you, in that moment, you realize there were two things happening that day. One, they were having a great time and, and it's so memorable that you'll see, you'll see tears in people's eyes as those kids walk in the room. Uh, and two, you are giving back. So uh, companies that really do want to do something philanthropic and give back to the community, they're, they're accomplishing both the team building goal and the philanthropic goal at, all at once. Yeah, it's great. Last year we gave away like 2,000 bicycles to kids. So it's really, it's amazing. That is awesome. And that's, I mean, I, I think like you said, it, it's one thing to just build it and, and that's, a, oh yeah, this is great. And to be able to show them like that, that's that's pretty special. Kind of on the other side of things, I guess, I mean, that obviously has a lot of meaning to it. Um, the treasure hunts, again, that sort of stood out too, because it obviously falls under that sort of fun category. But when you're doing that, do you have something in mind as far as them, the team learning, as far as working together or being able to take some of the skills or attributes that they have to use in that um, activity back to their work with them? Like, like, How does that sort of all come together and have a connection in that way? 
it's interesting because for for those groups, they will not come to us and say we have a high expectation of learning. Right. In that one to three range, really is we want to get to know each other better okay. and we want to have a fun experience. So a lot of times, what companies will do is they'll they'll pre sort groups. So we'll sort them into groups of about five people and they'll pre-select them sometimes because they'll say, you know, we, we want to make sure that we we let people who don't work together all the time get an opportunity to get to know each other. Uh, and then we have about 50 treasure hunts set in uh, cities all throughout the country. And what happens is they they get a handheld GPS unit. They've got to navigate it, tells them where to go. And then once they get there, they have to solve a puzzle or a clue. Uh, and then from there, they navigate off to the next spot. Uh, but it's it's we do debrief the activity and we talk about how did you communicate? Did mm. you plan? Did you work together well? Did you have a leader? Uh, did you celebrate and cheer when you got, uh, when you solved a, a, one of the mysteries, one of the clues? And, and wouldn't it be great if we celebrate success, successes back in the workplace? And so we do have a debrief and we do relate it back to the workplace. Uh, but its real intention is that this group has, they give them an opportunity to get to know each other. Sometimes people are coming together for a conference and they perhaps haven't worked together very much and they know each other only on the telephone and to actually spend a day with a few people and, and get to meet some folks that mm -hmm. you perhaps don't work with regularly or don't see face to face is just a, a real positive experience for them. What about some of the other programs maybe that are, are most commonly used or selected or maybe a, a favorite of yours that for whatever reason, whether it's just the activity itself or something that maybe the groups get out of it that, that you enjoy or, or maybe that you know the groups have maybe pointed to or used as, the, as part of their program? One of my favorite exercises is an activity called Intergalactic Adventure. And it was quite an ambitious endeavor to create it. It's, it's an activity that you can have 20 participants, you can have 1,000 participants, and it is equally as engaging and interactive. Hmm. And basically what happens is you've got participants sorted at tables, and each of the tables is color-coded, red, blue, green, purple, orange. The moment you sort people into different colored tables, they immediately feel like, this is my team, <laughs> this is my group, and I don't care about the rest of you. And what happens is they're told in the beginning very clearly, the enemy is coming, they're coming to destroy the galaxy, and you've got to work together to, uh, to save the galaxy. But what ends up happening is each group is given a set of resources and information, and there's 20 days in the activity. Each day takes five to 10 minutes, and they have to make a series of decisions each day. And what happens in the initial seven, eight, nine days is they only care about their own table. And the decisions they make actually are can be damaging to other groups because they're not sharing resources, they're not supporting each other. Mm -hmm. Then in the middle of the activity, maybe days 10 to 15 or so, I would refer to it as conditional teamwork. You start hearing them say things like, we'll help you if you help us. Right. We'll support your table if you support our table. And then by around day 16, the light bulb goes off and you will literally hear people say, the entire galaxy is going to be destroyed unless we help each other. <laughs> and, and then they start supporting each other. And right. it's really amazing to watch how a group can go from completely not trusting each other, not working together, to kind of helping each other, to, hey, we're all on the same team. We're all working towards the same goal. Uh, so that's like in the four to six range where you have a real fun experience. It's about a three-hour activity. 
But then afterwards, the debrief is incredibly powerful because we're able to talk about things like breaking down silos and working towards one common mission and Mm -hmm. vision, the importance of trust in the workplace, uh, the importance of supporting each other and looking for ways to help each other instead of working against each other. So I I personally love that one because the learning is so powerful, but you also have the energy of, of going from not working together to working together and feeling that entire continuum. Now, what happens, though, if in any of these programs, some people or an individual or two don't really want to participate, they clearly aren't interested, they maybe are difficult in some way? How do, how do you guys handle that situation? We actually handle that proactively. And we'll st- sometimes if we sense that we've got a group, there's some resistance. Uh, I had an HR director said to me recently, she said, Merrick, I'm just telling you, this group is Jerry Seinfeld's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and I got there and they, they were, their arms were crossed. They, they were looking a little resistant. And so I started off and I said, I said to them, I know that there are three types of people who attend a session like this. The first one, and I wrote the word uh, vacationer up on the flip chart, and I said, look, what's a vacationer? It's somebody who, who, who's, who's saying, hey, great, day off from work. I just get to relax today. This is fantastic. Right. And, then I write, and then the second type of person I say is I write the word prisoner. And then, of course, you get everybody <laughs>, laughs. If there really are prisoners, they'll burst out laughing because they know you've, you've, you've just nailed it. And then we basically say, look, prisoners get nothing out of the day. You could prove yourself right, get nothing from this experience, but I'm going to challenge you to be the third type of person, which is the participant. And you can be skeptical, but that's not, but at least that's open. Don't be cynical, which is closed and, and be here. And I'm going to challenge you to be open and give it a shot. And guess what? You might actually not only have a fun day, but really learn something too. And sometimes I find that when you just name it right at the beginning, you Mm. put it out there, it really diffuses it. It's very, very rare that you have somebody who, who stays a prisoner all day. When you're building bikes for kids, you're out looking for clues on a treasure hunt, you're saving the galaxy in intergalactic adventure. It's hard to sit there with your arms crossed. People may start that way, but they don't end that way. Sure. But let's take it back then into into the workplace, you know, that maybe those same people have a similar mentality as far as working together. For whatever reason, they just don't enjoy it, aren't that interested. What do you do in the, what would be your suggestion, at least in those situations, because chances are they're not building bikes for kids and they're not going on a treasure hunt. So you know, those sort of fun aspects or, or uh, you know, important in, in a different way. How do you, how do you manage that? If you're a manager, how do you deal with that situation? It's the principle that people support what they help to create. When you're doing a session that is that's real, that's really going to address their core issues, we'll do a team survey up front. And what we say to them is, when we get to this team building program, it's not going to be fluff. It's not going to be games. We're going to address your core issues, and then you're going to walk out of there with ground rules of how you're going to treat each other and create an action plan. So when they feel like they've had this say, this opportunity to put their perspective out there in the survey before the session, then when they get there, they get a copy of the report. Everybody's comments in the, are in there. Nobody's names are associated with any of the ratings or comments, but the session is real. People feel like this is not a waste of my time. We're actually doing something valuable. So when you can show them that the session is going to be based on their input, they'll, they're much more likely to buy in. Hmm. Let's say that uh, an organization, a company, they can't 
use your services right now, maybe for whatever reason, uh, whether it be financially or, or whatever their situation is, but they want to do something, they hear this show, they hear these ideas that you have out there. Is there a piece of advice you could give to an employer, a manager, in terms of maybe something simple and quick that maybe feeds off a little bit of what you guys do, but something that could help in a small way um, just to keep it fun or, or to improve the camaraderie a little bit because maybe they can't use your services at this time? Sure. Well, if, they, if they're a group that really wants to, to move along the continuum and to that place of being a high-performance team, uh, one of the activities that, that's very simple that a manager can facilitate, and it's very positive too, is to say to them, what is our ideal vision? Where A year from now, we have come together as a group. We have really worked together in a way that we have never done before. We've created a great environment. We're very successful. What does that look like? Paint the picture of how we're working together in terms of how, what did it take to get to that place. And then once you, you paint the picture, you, you literally map out, here's what we see. Then it's very easy for a manager to simply turn to a group and say, all right, so out of what we just described, what are we not doing? Hmm. And what do we need to do instead? And, and if you break it down to simply uh, start, stop, continue behaviors, what are we going to stop doing? What are we going to start doing? And what are we going to keep doing? So sometimes managers can just do something very simple, like create the vision and identify the roadmap of, of what they're going to do to get there and, and facilitate a discussion. With all this stuff, obviously, it's still for a lot of employers will come down to, to bottom line and just trying to figure out, OK, how does this help You know, in terms of, of what we do production wise? So what would be your overall advice, guidance, philosophy in terms of the importance of team building and collaboration in relation to than producing and you know essentially the, the company's bottom line. I, I think companies are really realizing the importance of creating a positive work environment. There was a great article uh, a couple months back in, in Harvard Business Review, and, and its title just said it all, and it was "Culture Eats Strategy for Breakfast." <laughs> and and it was then that and you get it. That, that's basically it. It's that you can have great people that are highly skilled. But if you do not have the right work environment, you're not going to be able to accomplish your goals. And I mentioned the millennial generation earlier. We're finding it's so interesting. We're finding that team building activities that worked with Gen X and the baby boomers don't work with the new generation because right. they immediately start working together. And if you are not paying attention to your culture, you're going to start to see turnover and that impacts the bottom line. So if you if, if companies really want to to retain good people and and not waste money constantly recruiting as if it's a revolving door, which is what's going to happen with this with this new generation, then they're going to need to pay attention to the work environment and the culture they have. Well, unfortunately, that is going to be all the time we have today on Moving Up the Ladder and our discussion on team building and the value of teamwork and you know having a little fun, adding, adding to the culture a little bit. Merrick, if listeners are interested in your company's services, how can they get in touch with you guys? Uh, they can find us at teambuildersplus.com. Okay. Always seems to be the simplest way nowadays to handle it. Sure. Uh, and again, thanks for coming on and sort of breaking that down with us and, and giving us some perspective on uh, really the, the entire idea of teamwork and team building. We do appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Of course, it's always great to hear from you, the listeners, as well. So please drop us an email with comments or suggestions at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio.